Hey, you with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 410 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 38 degrees and sunny outside. Join WILK Christmas Eve and Christmas Day for the best Christmas music and stories of the season. An American Christmas hosted by Chip Davis of Mannheim Steamroller. He will tell you the origin of Christmas traditions and customs with the best holiday music, including tradition and contemporary Christmas songs. An American Christmas begins at noon Christmas Eve and runs through Christmas Day and night. Brought to you by Dr. Casey Burke of Hand Surgery Associates. Make sure you check and tune in for that. And listen, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I was fact-checked on um, on my Facebook page, uh, probably by a listener, but definitely a follower. Today is not the first day of Christmas. Um, Christmas Day is actually the first day of Christmas. And the 12 days are December 25th through January 5th, inclusive with the last day being 12th night, Ephany Eve. So the 12 days of Christmas actually starts on Christmas Day. And I was always under the impression it worked the other way around, that it was up until Christmas and then the 12th day of Christmas was Christmas. But it's not. It works the other way around. The first day of Christmas is Christmas Day. So I do stand corrected there. Apologize for that misinformation. Fake news out there. But that's the 12 days of Christmas. So uh, a partridge in a pear tree is the Christmas Day, and then we move on from there. So this also uh, a plot. Thankfully, Denmark and Germany officials announce arrests of terror suspects, including suspected Hamas members, for planned terrorist attacks in Europe, and specifically those two locations, Denmark and Germany. So they've uh, there's there's little limited information out at this point, but it, it appears that the authorities in Denmark and Germany, including Interpol involvement have uh, arrested a a handful of terror suspects, including ties to Hamas, who were looking to carry out terrorist acts in in, across Europe. Um, Does that should that make us worry here? Yeah, I I believe it should, uh, especially with our border issue and the fact that we have been finding people from these nations and those surrounding nations and nations don't like that don't like us like Assyria like. Um, you know, areas in the Middle East. So, uh, yeah, that, that should concern us as well. Well, this is really not uh, a surprise to anyone, but um, they're calling this next presidential election, the 2024 presidential election, is going to be the one no one's really jazzed about. Relatively few Americans are excited about a potential rematch of the 2020 election between President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. Although more Republicans would be satisfied to have Trump as their nominee than Democrats would be with Biden as their standard bearer, according to a new poll from the Associated Press and NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. The palatable apathy from voters comes even as both Biden and Trump are facing relatively few obstacles in their path to lock down their respective party nominations next year. Biden has amassed broad support from Democrat officials, Democratic officials, as a handful of mostly token primary challenges have struggled to spark momentum. And despite the indictments, including some Senate on his attempts to overturn the election, In 2020, Trump's grip on the GOP primary voters shows no sign of loosening just a month before the first nominating contest in Iowa. 
Probably the best way to put it is I find it sad for our country that this is our best choices, said Randy Johnson, 64, from Missouri. Johnson, who is a Republican, said he wished there was a third legitimate option for president, but that's the political system that the political system does not make uh, that viable and added we're down to the lesser of two evils. Andrew Collins, 35, an independent from Maine, said this is probably the most uniquely horrible choice I've had to make in my life. About half of Democrats say they would be very or somewhat satisfied if Biden becomes the party's 2024 nominee. About one-third of Democrats would be dissatisfied, and about one in five would be neither satisfied nor dissatisfied when it comes to the Republican Party nomination. Enthusiasm is higher for frontrunner Donald Trump. Two-thirds of Republicans would be satisfied with Trump as a Republican nominee in 2024. About one quarter would be dissatisfied, and 9% would be neutral. Looking at U.S. adults broadly, setting aside party affiliations, there's still not much enthusiasm for both Biden or a Trump rematch. And again, this is coming from the Associated Press, NORC, N-O-R-C, Center for Public Affairs Research poll that was just released. Most U.S. adults, overall 56%, would be very or somewhat dissatisfied with Biden as the Democrat presidential nominee in 2024. And and a similar majority, 58%, would be very or somewhat dissatisfied with Trump as the GOP pick. Nearly 3 in 10 U.S. adults, or 28%, say they would be dissatisfied with both Trump and Biden becoming their party's respective nominees. With independents, 43%, being more likely than Democrats, 28%, or Republicans, 20%, to express their displeasure with both men gaining party nominations. It gets into a little more details, you know, with the numbers there. And I could post this Associated Press poll so you can look at it. And again, these polls are just that. They're polls... They're taken with a grain of salt. They kind of give you a, a small snapshot of what people are thinking, but not what they're actually doing. Deborah Brophy is an independent who said she supported Biden in 2020 presidential election, but now the 67-year-old has soured on the president, saying she felt Biden is too focused on dealing with the conflicts abroad rather than what's going on under his own nose, such as homelessness, gun violence, and the economy. What's going on with Biden right now, said Brophy, North Reading, Massachusetts. I don't think he's health-wise able to continue another four years in office. I think his uh, mind is a little bit going the wrong way in a way that's not being able to think. Yet she's turned off by Trump's attitude and said seems a little racist, even while praising his business acumen. So I don't know what I'm going to do, she added. And here's the conundrum right here. That, that I've been talking about and saying. Uh, I think there's a large portion of this country that says, I wish we had two better options or we were past this, which we will be in four years. Four years, this will be in the rearview mirror. Will there be two more polarizing candidates? Probably. Seems to be the way it's going lately. But when you have uh, someone here who's who's a Democrat, who uh, actually, what she was an independent, she, independent, who voted for Joe Biden in 2020, 
and she's at a conundrum of, of the two. She doesn't like the job that, that Biden's doing, based on her statements that I just read you. She doesn't like Trump as a person, but she praised his business acumen. She praised the things he did while he was president. Do people who are fed up with this Joe Biden administration simply go in and hold their nose and vote for Trump? Uh, is that even allowable? Does the legal trouble get in the way and then there's something you know, from left field that we don't even see? It, if Joe Biden has a health issue, I mean, there's so much unknown here. That's why these are just that. But her, her at this point, this woman who's 67 years old, an independent who voted for Joe Biden before, doesn't know, doesn't have an idea who she's going to vote for at this point. Among Democrats and Republicans alike, alike, having a candidate who can win is given slightly more importance than having a candidate whose views represent most people in the party or even themselves, according to this poll. Only about three in ten Democrats, Democrats are extremely or very confident that the Democratic Party process will result in nominating a candidate who can win the general election in November. About half are somewhat confident, and 18% are not very confident at all, while relatively few are highly confident that they'll get a winning nominee out of the process. Three-quarters of Democrats say it's extremely or very important that the party's process for nominating a presidential candidate does result in a candidate who can win the general election. Those numbers are astounding. When you have a sitting president who's a Democrat, who is pretty much for the most part gone unopposed as far as a primary. I mean, you had RFK Jr. He's switched to a third party now. You have Marianne Williams. She really never got any traction or probably will. Um, there's a few other third party candidates. Stein is one of them. Um, you have that other gentleman. I forget his name. It's slipping away from me because he just hasn't pulled pretty much anything. But... uh with Biden pretty much being handed, being showed the yellow brick road to the nomination by the Democratic Party, only three in ten Democrats are extremely or very confident that the Democrat Party's process will result in nominating a candidate who can win the general election in November. So three in ten Democrats don't believe Joe Biden can win the general election because there's really no other choice at this point but him. That could be trouble because if any of that 3%, any of that, not 3%, what is that? That's uh, 20, 28%, 3 in 10. If that 28%, let's say, of Democrats do what I just said, you know, hold their nose and vote, that means trouble for a Joe Biden administration. So, again, this is a, an Associated Press and Norick poll, just that, just a poll, you know, from a pretty neutral site that I figured I'd throw out there. But it's it's not good news for either party, but it's potentially not good news at all when you break it down and start picking at the nuts and bolts like I just read you some of for Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. So do they look to do something at the convention? We'll have to see because it appears, you know, 28% of Democrats not believing that the current nominee can be electable is a scary sight. It's uh, 421 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear, low 27. Tomorrow, sunny, high 50. Saturday, partly sunny, high 48. 
Sunday, cloudy with rain arriving in the afternoon. Could be heavy. The high is going to be 50 that day. Monday, periods of rain and breezy with a high of 48. Then after Monday, colder uh, weather moves in for the remainder of the week. It's currently 38 degrees and sunny here at 426. How's that uh, traffic going, Nikki? It's uh, going. That's good. <laughs> this traffic update is brought to you by Ben Data Internet. In some areas, it's going. I stand corrected. <laughs> if you're on 84 westbound, kind of frustrating between mile marker 3 and the 380 junction. They're doing the pothole repair again today, so that's kind of back up. take to fill a pothole? They've been doing that for like a week and a half now. Off and on, yeah. when we feel like it. <laughs> Coming southbound through the Scranton area, that's pretty slow go, too. You're dipping well under the speed limit. No excuse except for the heavy traffic and volumes of traffic uh, from Dunmore to about the uh, Biden Expressway exit. A little bit of heavy traffic on Kaiser Avenue in Scranton, also Blakely Street in Dunmore, Route 315 in Wilkes-Barre. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Um, let's see what we got here. It appears uh, Dixon City is looking to equip its police department with body and vehicle cameras. The borough wants to equip its police and their vehicles with cameras early next year to protect both residents and officers. Borough Council will hold a special meeting December 27th at 5 p.m. to pass its 2024 budget and consider a five-year lease through Scottsdale, Arizona-based Axon, which is a very widely used company nationwide for this type of thing, for eight body cameras, eight vehicle cameras with license plate readers, 12 new tasers, and accompanying cloud storage and automatically upload and save the video footage when officers arrive at the police station. It protects its officers, protects the borough, protects the residents, Council President Jeff Kovaleski said. The uh, borough earmarked fifty, just over $50,000 for the cameras in its 2024 budget, though Kovaleski said the council will have to vote on an agreement because of the amount. After the first of the year, the annual cost drops to $7,000, he said, because they'll have all the equipment and such. Basically, you're just paying for the cloud storage, the technical assistance, and stuff like that. So your biggest cost is up front. Uh, Dixon City will join law enforcement agencies throughout the country to implement body-warm cameras in recent years, including Mid-Valley neighborhoods Blakely, Oliphant, Throop, State Police, and Scranton Police Department, among other departments. Axion would refresh the camera batteries halfway into the five-year lease, and if a newer model is released, they would be upgraded to the new model during the refresh. That's a good good thing clause to have in there. Uh, I'm a proponent of body-worn cameras. I'm a proponent of dash cameras. I am a proponent for... All of that, because it's been proven time and time again. I'm talking high 90 percentages to support what law enforcement has been saying all around. And again, law enforcement is not a perfect profession. It'll never be a perfect profession. There are no perfect professions out there. But I think body cameras, the addition to them, have been a great addition to showing the unusual, the dangerous, the non-typical situations that our law enforcement officers go into day in and day out. Um, they should be widely used more in, in, different, in different places like that, in different entities of public service. And I think they will be. I, I, I think 
anyone that I've had a conversation with in law enforcement that's been hesitant, that says, oh, well, you know, we don't need these. We don't. No, you do, because look at how many times it, it, through, through the past almost two decades that they've been starting to be used, the, the dash cams, the vehicle cameras came out first, how they've assisted in, in law enforcement, how they've come out. Now, you've seen the politicization of this, too, with manipulation of it. Uh, agencies won't release cameras. They make the media fight for the release of certain things. Um, you know, if you have a policy and it's there, it's there for a reason. And it take, it tells a portion of the story. It does not capture anything. But I, I think it's like 97.8% of the time it's exonerated the officers. It's shown what the officers had said because in the past, officers tell a story about what happened, their perception, and people are like, there's no way that could have happened like that. There's no way that – I mean, there's a recent one out in, in out west where two officers, a male and a female officer, came to a woman who was on the phone with a crisis hotline, had a, a long nine-inch knife in her hand. While she was on the phone with the crisis line, and the big thing was, oh, my God, the police shot and killed her while she was on the phone with the crisis line. But if you look at the body cam footage, footage, she kept walking towards the officer. He told her multiple times to drop the knife and stop coming, and then she started running towards him and lunging where he had to fire and, and, and neutralize her threat. And it's unfortunate she was on the phone with a crisis hotline, but she was also charging him with a long knife. And without that body camera footage, the records would have showed, yes, she was on the phone with a crisis hotline. You would have had people from the, the apartment complex saying she was never charging the police. She was just standing there. I mean, we've seen them multiple times. I mean, look at Hands Up, Don't Shoot, the biggest lie there ever was. Never happened. And people to this day, members of Congress to this day, still chant that every year when it's been a proven fact by the Obama Department of Justice that it never happened happened. Uh, so I'm a big proponent of body camera footage, uh, body cameras for law enforcement. I'm a big proponent of having them in the vehicles, and I think we should go to put them in more places. We'll uh, be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. It's 4.32 here. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 438 here, 37 degrees and sunny. It's the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. Um, 72 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, four of them from here in Pennsylvania. I'm going to start off today with police officer Richard Anthony Champion, Periopolis Borough Police Department in Pennsylvania in 2014 was killed in a vehicle crash while pursuing a vehicle in Pittsburgh Road in Perry Township at about 1 in the afternoon. We have police officer John Philip Reed, Philadelphia Police Department in 1980, died as a result of complications due to injuries sustained seven years earlier during a traffic stop. Him and his partner witnessed a vehicle make an illegal turn as officers were speaking to the driver of the vehicle's front door open. They were struck by oncoming Vehicle. Due to the impact, Officer Reed was thrown and suffered a fractured skull. Patrolman Frederick Ramon Anderson, Greenville, West Salem Police Department in Pennsylvania, 1963, was struck and killed by a vehicle while investigating a stranded motorist at Route 58, just outside the borough limits, at 12.35 a.m. 
Chief of Police William H. Gittner, Blairsville Borough Police Department in Pennsylvania, in 1903, died after contracting smallpox while fumigating a house following the borough's case of the disease. The victim had come to town and died at his parents' home. Chief Guttner buried the body and then fumigated the house. Several days later, Chief Guttner suddenly became ill and died after having contracted the disease. And those are our four from here in Pennsylvania. Got a text message in. Rob, I agree with you 100% because there's definitely been times where law enforcement has lied about what had happened to benefit themselves to make themselves look better. Yes, and I, I said that law enforcement is not of a perfect profession. And if you can show me a perfect profession, I'd love to see it, meet them, and study it as much as I can. So I started off by that, but the overwhelming evidence, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's like 98% of the time it's shown exactly what they've been saying it's shown. I'm not saying there's not bad incidents. I'm not saying there's not bad police officers. I'm not saying that things don't go wrong. I'm not saying people don't lie. I'm just saying if you look at the overwhelming history of body-worn cameras, they have benefited law enforcement extensively so that's why I, I bring that up and i caveated with it caveated with it there are no perfect professions um but show me professions where there's the level of scrutinization that there is with law enforcement i mean you're out there in, in the beat and you do something with law enforcement you have your immediate supervisor investigating you you have possibly internal affairs investigating you you have the local da investigating you you have the state da the state attorney general investigating you you have federal uh looking at you there, there's there's multiple levels of of these types of thing that look into these investigations um not many other job functions have that and like i said and i will always say there are no perfect professions but it's interesting how when you talk about law enforcement, it's usually the same four or five incidents that keep coming up. And you would think that if they were so prevalent, there'd be new ones every week. There'd be new ones all the time, but there's there's not. And that means something within itself. So uh, somebody said that Blakely had both for over 10 years about time. I agree. And I, I hope all law enforcement departments in our area get them and use them because I think it's a great tool for law enforcement. It's a great eye-opener for the public to see what they deal with day in and day out. So I'm all for body-worn cameras. And if an officer wants to abuse his authority while wearing that, then they should be caught and they should be held accountable. Not only accountable, but accountable extensively because they have the public trust on their side. It's 442 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. They're supposed to be wrapping up that work on 84 westbound between mile marker 3 and 380, but it is still backed up at the moment, so it should be clearing up soon. We also have some slowing below 45 miles per hour, 81 southbound through the Scranton area. You're dipping below 40 miles per hour between Pittston and the Wilkes-Barre Bear Creek exit as well, 81 southbound. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. 
Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear, low 27. Tomorrow, sunny, high 50. Saturday, partly sunny, high 48. Sunday, clouds with rain arriving in the afternoon. Could be heavy at times, high in the 50s. Monday, periods of rain and breezy, high 48. And after that, the remainder of the week gets colder, more seasonable, and we'll see what happens from there. It's currently 37 degrees and well, it's not sunny anymore, so it's 37 degrees. Computers got to get it right. They want to give the world over to AI, and my computer's telling me it's sunny outside. Jake, you want to smash another computer? You can come in and get this one. Music to my ears. There you go. It's currently uh, 444 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 448, 37 degrees and sunny. If I heard correctly, wouldn't the O'Reilly Auto Parts commercial had a leprechaun talking to us? At least sounded like one. Should I be insulted by that? Mm, no, I won't be. Simple as that. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Drive van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Uh, I usually do a little today in history this time. Uh, if you've noticed, I've not talked about any sports this week. I talked a little bit about the, the Army-Navy game on Monday. But other than that, really didn't get into the nuts and bolts of that. And that's because uh, Jake's going to be taking over the airways today. It's starting after the 5 o'clock break to, to, to talk about sports. I have an event that I need to go to. Uh, Jake was kind enough to uh, stay back and give his expertise on everything and anything sports for the last hour here on the Rob O'Donnell Show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm sure. I know he's prepared. My, I know he's got all fired up with what he's going to talk about. My analysis of Raiders Chargers is going to be more exciting than the game itself. <laughs> uh, probably will be. Yeah. But for everyone who's texted me this week and asked about sports and asked, talked about sports and wanted me to bring sports up, I purposely didn't because uh, Jake's got a whole hour to fill later today. And he's going to give you all you want to know and more. And... Uh, it's going to be a good time. going to be a good time. I'm going to listen on the way to my event like I always do. Uh, also in today in history, before we go uh, to a break, is uh, today's the day the Wright brothers uh, flew for the first time. That's today in history. Let me see if I could pull it up here. Some And there, there's even controversy about that because there was a Brazilian man. And it gets into the technical differences of uh, who... What's considered flight and what's not considered flight. But there is discrepancies about uh, who was the first to fly and who wasn't. Did I not post that today? I guess I didn't. I thought I posted it today. No, I did post it today. And also, if you are a fan, which I know Jake is, of Axel Foley, 40, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, there's a new one coming out. Now, I thought it was a hoax the other day when I just saw a picture of the badge and ID card for Axel Foley, a Detroit detective. And it said Netflix. It was put out by Netflix. And, of course, I went to, to my guy, Jake, and I said, is this legit? And he says, yeah, I believe Netflix is coming out with something. I'm excited. I really, really am. The trailer looks phenomenal. And if you want to yes. see the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop Axel F., the trailer's on my Facebook page. Go to Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, and you can see the trailer for the next Beverly Hills Cop. And it pretty much has, from what I saw just in the trailer, it has pretty much everyone in it. Yeah, Rosewood, Taggart. 
Rose, yep, Surge. Jeffrey from the second one. Yeah. Now, if you don't know who Jeffrey is, he's the guy he gave, what was it, the Ferrari, the, the red Ferrari to while he was in Beverly Hills. Yes. And he ended up wrecking it, breaking his leg, and was on uh, his uh, his uh, inspector's desk, I, I Inspector Todd. Oh, God, I loved in, Inspector Todd, and I can't repeat exactly how he said it when he was on the phone. Yeah. Well, Inspector Todd, Inspector Todd from Beverly Hills Cop. For those cop for those of you who Detroit. don't know, he was an actual inspector in the Detroit Police Department. Uh, I I have the honor and privilege to have several friends in the Detroit Police Department. Uh, I have their patches. I have that badge. Uh, I've met them themselves. Uh, uh, but in, Inspector Todd, as you saw him in the movie Beverly Hills Cop, that is him. That is how he leads. He's very emotional. He's very outspoken. He's very profanic when it comes to... Your buddy, Mario Andretti Freeman, wrecked the GD Ferrari. Yep. Talk to Jeffrey. Hello? uh, (laughs) But uh, that's exactly the way he did. But you know what? He he backed his his men and women to no end. He he demanded a lot for them, but when 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 they met that threshold he he respected that and he was there in their corner and he was you would think someone like that would be hated but just like axel foley in the movie 48 hours and and i know he met uh eddie murphy at the time with the guys because i know some of the guys he met with and sat in the preparing for that movie saying you know what's your relationship with him how do i get into this character and they were like he he seems like he hates our guts but he uh he loves us to no end. He supports us to no end, but he will shout you down if you deserve it. And when you deserve it, you kind of know you deserve it. And after that, he'll be the first one to give you a hug and stand in your corner. You know, if you're if you're if you have a child, if if you're if it's your kid's christening or something like that, he was always the first to be there and be at those things of his of his men and women. So it's uh, it's good to see this out coming out and. When's the when's it supposed to come out, Jake? You know, in the summer of twenty twenty four, Rob. But they didn't give an exact date. Yeah, and it looks like it's going out to Netflix. So uh, this isn't going to be in the movies, but it's probably worthy of the movies. Oh, it sure is. Probably. Eddie Murphy. Sorry to cut you off, Rob. Eddie no. Murphy has been doing a lot of things lately. They've either been on Netflix or on Prime Video. I know that he just did a Christmas movie that came out not too long ago that looks pretty hilarious. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but it's. For myself and Kelly, it's definitely on our list. He looks phenomenal. Yeah, uh, Rosewood looked good. Uh, Serge looked good. A Taggart looked uh, looked like he was getting old there, but he was he was still there. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's one of the movies. It's one of my favorite movies. It's something when you're flipping the channels and you see it on, you're like, hey, I gotta watch this. It's my favorite. I mean, movie. this is like Cannibal Run or, or Roadhouse. You know, you see, it, you gotta watch these movies because next year is actually the 40th anniversary of Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's probably the release from there. Uh, it's uh, 4.54 here at WILK. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 4.58 here, 37 degrees and sunny. Like I said, uh, after the 5 o'clock hour, Jake's going to be taking over with some sports. Yes, he will be talking about uh, Tommy Cutlets, I would imagine. Um, somebody said, uh, you know, can he talk about the Raiders and Chargers? But just as they were typing it, he brought up that he's going to be talking about the Raiders and Chargers. So uh, no date there. And uh, 
Yeah, he love when Jake's on the air. So we do. That's why I give him the opportunity to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I appreciate He's, it, Rob. He is, a, he is the man when it comes to this, and I know a lot of listeners want to hear a little sports, and I purposely left it out. Usually we, we dribble it in each day, you know, what's going on and as, it's come, as the weekend's coming up. But I figured I'd save it all for this. Uh, both Jake and I will not be here tomorrow. You're going to have a best of. We got a Jake's got a. I shouldn't say we. I just did it, but <laughs> Jake's the one who sets it all up for you guys. So Jake's got a great best of tomorrow. Yeah, the Tuesday show. There I heard. Go. I heard that it was pretty wild, to say the least. Tuesday show. <laughs> oh, now I have to go back and see what I what who I aggravated, who I pissed off on Tuesday. Um. Yeah, as I, as I wind out today, did you all see that the the uh, yeah. When you uh, did you see this mayor of Boston only invited people of color to the holiday party, electeds of color to the holiday party, city council members that were of uh, ethnic ethnically diverse backgrounds, and actually invited everybody, and then had to email the white people and tell them they couldn't come, and then said, "Yep, yeah, my bad, but uh, I apologize for sending the email, but I don't apologize for having the party." Because uh, we should have parties about diversity. Yeah, it's called segregation. It's called uh, reverse racism. It's called a lot of things. But she doesn't seem to care. And it's funny because she's married to a white guy. I wonder if he was allowed to go to the party. It's uh, just about 5 o'clock here on the Rob O'Donnell Show, WILK News Radio. I won't see you later. I won't see you tomorrow. But we'll see you on Monday.